Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Utah Liberty Talk. This is David, TR for Freedom, on TR for Freedom episode 13. So today, there's a, a couple big things I want to talk about, um, and a couple little things, um, so I might as well get it started right off. Oh, real quick, I'm going to backtrack here. Um, there's a new website up for the uh, podcast, it's just utahlibertytalk.com, and if you go there, it'll take you to links where you can listen. I'm sure that, you know, if you're already listening, then you know how to listen to the podcast, but there's links where you can listen, there's a little bit about the podcast and about me, and there's also a link to the online store there. So if you want to visit, t- maybe take a look at the online store, which you can find a link to on the website. It's in two different spots, pretty easy to find. That would be greatly appreciated. And also, if you wouldn't mind on whatever platform you're listening on to subscribe, maybe, you know, give a rating and a review, that would be greatly appreciated. And you can also reach out to me on social media to give me some of your feedback. I'm on Twitter, Tyson underscore Reese 1776, or you can go to Twitter at Utah Liberty Talk. I'm also on Instagram at TR, Tyson R, sorry, for freedom. And there's also Utah Liberty Talk Instagram, Utah Liberty Talk. Uh, You can also find Utah Liberty Talk now on Facebook. So without further ado, um, I want to just talk real quick about Joe Jorgensen getting bit by a bat. And she missed uh, one of her campaign uh, rally speeches or an event Um, uh, somewhere in the south. I believe it might have been Mississippi because uh, she was bit by a bat on the tour. Now, the bat was not rabid and she did get a rabies shot a series of rabies shots just to make sure that she was okay but i was watching her live earlier today and everything seems to be fine as i would have assumed um and then in in other news there's a situation in minsk which is the capital of belarus over some controversial election results over three thousand people protesting have been arrested and there has been a lot of controversy surrounding this as well as has it has drawn many eyes of many other countries making it an international issue including the united states so basically what happened was uh their current president president alexander lukashenko has ruled for 26 years and they just recently had another election um people were pretty upset with him which I think this is pretty stupid, um, but they, you know, he's had a very hands-off approach to coronavirus. Um, so, you know, and that's the way I think it should go. I don't think the government should, you know, be shutting down like all these other places. But whatever. I don't. I don't know how bad the situation is in Belarus right now. But I'm always laissez-faire when it comes to government hands-off. Doesn't you know? Hands-off. I mean, the government should never lock down like they have been. And I've talked about this many times before on the show, so I need not get into it too far. But these people are basically asking to uh, instill draconian measures. And they have also, you know, grown slow in economic growth and have become very stagnant. Um, his opposer, Svetlana Tikhanovskaya, Tikhanovskaya, has many supporters and had huge rallies and almost record number rallies um, ever since the collapse of the Soviet Union. And Lukashenko Lukashenko won in a blowout, about 80% to 10%, according to foreignpolicy.com. And the reason why this has gotten so much attention from so many different countries, European countries, the United States, is that many of the most reliable polling booths and uh, other sources in Belarus have stated that Tikhanovenska, Tikhanovenska, whatever, sorry, excuse my unculturedness, uh, should have been winning with basically a flipped percentage, putting 
um, I'm just going to use her, her first name, Svetlana, at um, almost 80%. Um, the U.S. Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, along with many other uh, foreign leaders, have come out to say uh, that they do not uh, support the election results and are very concerned about what happened. Mike Pompeo said, The United States is deeply concerned about the conduct of August 9th presidential election in Belarus, which was not free and fair. Now, I'm honestly really, really hoping that the United States decides not to get too involved with this because, I mean, we are not the policemen of the world. We are not everyone to make sure that that everyone is participating in, in freedom the way we are and in, in democracy and whatnot. I mean, that is none of our business. And I, you know, it, it has been. And that's why we're always going in and changing regimes and taking old leaders out, putting new leaders in that are never any better. I mean, we never fix anything. We always make it worse. And I really hope that we don't do anything, um, take any action uh, against Belarus or give them any sanctions or anything like that, because ultimately that's just going to hurt the people of Belarus. Um, and clearly, it, the people of Belarus can't vote themselves out of this if this is the situation, because the people that are in office are obviously in control if they can't be elected out of office. So it's pointless for us to try and uh, give them economic sanctions, because in turn, it doesn't matter if the people of Belarus vote for a different change because of the sanctions. They're still going to be hurt anyways, and they obviously can't make a change in the regimes. Um, it, what's also interesting is that... Um, is that the current president, Alexander um, Lukashenko, had, had originally Sergei Tikhonovskaya, who was announcing that he was running for president against uh, Lukashenko. Lukashenko. Um, and a few days later, he was actually arrested. And there was uh, tons of protests and petitions, and the petitioners were actually able to get his wife... Um, spent Lana on the ballot instead. And many people, uh, you know, supported her and stuff like that because they believe that Lukashenko never really cared about their safety um, over the way he handled the coronavirus. And uh, Victor Barbico, Bar Barbico uh, was also arrested um, shortly after he announced his run against Lukashenko. So it's a very interesting situation, and you know there have been mass arrests going on in uh, in Minsk because there have been huge protests going on. Um, I'm not really sure exactly how violent they have gotten, um, but I would imagine that it uh, hasn't really needed to take much considering the regime and stuff like that. Um, so there have been continuous nights um, of you know, where there's been unrest and stuff like that in Belarus. And um, so, you know, the protesters have had rubber bullets fired at them. What makes me wonder is that if they're firing them the, the U.S. police way by just shooting the rubber bullets right at the protesters or the way that they're supposed to be used, which is where they ricochet off the ground and it's a little bit, you know, less extreme of a deterrent. Um, officials say that one demonstrator died, according to BBC News. Um when an explosive device went on off in his hands. I'm not sure. It doesn't say if that was one of their own ex, uh, explosive devices or one that possibly the government has thrown. I'm not quite sure. Um, and Spitlana, who is the, the main rival, says that she will not accept the results and that she is the real winner. So there's going to be very much unrest, I think, going on over this. We might see a revolution, but I'm not sure. Um, 
I guess I guess in this scenario, if the United States were to aid, they would aid in a revolution. Um, and granted, I don't really think that's our position to get involved in any way. But I mean, I'm not I'm not so sure. I mean, for many, you know, as much as revolution may have been common throughout history and easy to say, well, this could be a revolution by looking at historical patterns. Many people have different thinking nowadays. And, uh, you know, revolutions aren't quite as common as they um have been. I mean, even the Soviet Union didn't have a revolution before it collapsed. I mean, it, they just had new presidents elected in and it was all changed through, you know, different different elect, elected officials and all that kind of stuff where then they modified the government. There was no revolution and reestablishment of government in 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 most of the recent scenarios. So there, you know, there's been a lot of frustration going on. And I would honestly feel this, you know, that there'd be the same. And to bring that into our election, that's going to be happening soon. I think that it doesn't really matter. I mean, if Trump wins, if Biden wins, um, there, this, I mean, there's going to be, it's going to be a catastrophe after the election. I mean, after, after the huge amount of, um, after the huge amount of protests after George Floyd and, you know, a lot of people around the nation and especially the people who are participating in the protests became very aware of what the power of the, you know, of a congregated people can do in the face of, uh, of authority. And in many times this authority became oppressive, but I mean, we still have protests going on after like two months in, in Portland and Seattle. I mean, there's protests everywhere still. So I think, you know, many people, believe especially those on the left side that i mean say which i don't know why i've seen a lot of people thinking that joe biden's gonna win and honestly i don't think he has a chance in the world i think that, he, that donald trump is gonna blow joe biden out of the water because i think that the democratic party is um quite ashamed of joe biden and who is now his vp kamala harris which i will get into a minute in a minute um you're quite ashamed of of the candidates they put up frankly the worst candidates for what the democratic party is pushing for right now um so i think that uh that Joe Biden is going to have a lot much less support than most Democratic Party candidates would because, you know, is, is questioning about his mental health and dementia. And then if, you know, if they're actually Democrats that that care and I know many Democrats are too keen on facts, they just, you know, they 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 feel with their emotions and that's how they decide who they're going to vote for. That's why Obama won twice, because Obama was a great speaker. And for whatever reason, he can speak with passion, but make no sense. And people will vote for him because it gets to their feel goods, which I think is the stupidest thing ever. But no one likes to use their brain anymore, and particularly not leftists and Democrats. Um, but I think that that no matter what, what happens with this election is going to be a complete catastrophe because Joe Biden says he's going to ban assault weapons. So if Joe Biden wins, then, I mean, the Republicans are going to be pissed off. And I don't think there's necessarily going to be violent protests like we've seen with Black Lives Matter. But I think there's going to be something maybe that we've that we saw in Virginia earlier this year um, where there's going to be, you know, I think it was on January 17th. It might have been where there was huge protest in Virginia um, over, you know, keeping their gun rights and this kind of stuff. And I think that we might see that kind of happen uh, in different places all over the country. I, I doubt it'll happen at the Capitol because D.C. is a very, very strict city when it comes to gun rights. But who knows how committed these guys are? We haven't really seen too many Republicans protest because they just tend to make fun of protesters. In reality, I'm actually a big fan of protests because I definitely believe that the people should be giving their feedback to the government. Um, so, you know, Republicans like to make fun of protesters and, you know, roll coal on protesters talking about, you know, black smoke from diesel trucks all over the protesters and whatnot. But I just, I honestly like protesting. Um, 
the concept as a whole because I think that it's one of the more effective ways to let the government know that they're doing a shitty job at whatever you're protesting about. And one of the, uh, I mean, other awesome protests is this, this goes out to the government and all the elites that have been involved is the Save Our Children protests that have been going on, which I honestly would have been a part of here in Utah, but I didn't know it was happening until it was already too late and I was an hour away from the Capitol. So I wasn't able to make it. It had been going on for two hours. It was only three hours long. I'm like 37 minutes away from the Capitol where I was at the time. Um, so I, you know, wasn't really able to make it that night. If I would have known it was happening, I would have definitely have gone. Um, so, you know, and then I think, so I think it'll be interesting to see if the Republicans come out and protest if Joe Biden wins, uh, if he tries to pass any laws. Um, I think that whether Trump wins, I think if Trump wins in a landslide, it's going to be a similar situation to what we're seeing in Belarus. I think many of the Democrats are going to be like, ah, this is rigged. This is rigged. And uh, I think that they're going to be, you know, pretty upset about it. And like I said, I, I am not a, I'm I'm going to be voting for Joe Jorgensen unless she screws up extremely in an extremely bad way. Um, but I am planning on voting for Joe Jorgensen, um, my Libertarian Party candidate, which I am a member of. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, I honestly think in my honest opinion that most Trump supporters are pretty okay with what Donald Trump has been doing. And, you know, the silent majority, when it comes down to Trump and Biden, I think they're going to roll with Trump. And I think that Trump is going to win by at least 66%. I think he's going to get at least two thirds of the votes. Um, I see Trump winning all major battleground states, except for maybe Florida. Um, I think it's a possibility that he might lose Florida, but I think he's keeping Ohio. I think he's keeping Pennsylvania. I think I think that all the, the major border states are going to be... Um, you know, pretty much on Trump's side. I think that um, many states that usually typically vote um, red are going to stay red, and I think that we might see a change in a couple um, blue regions. I think I think that I, actually it's a big possibility that uh, that New Mexico goes red, which they haven't done for a while. Um, but I mean, who knows? And with with the mail-in ballots, which I mean, I guess is 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 going to be happening i don't know is going to be happening the mail-in ballots um i think that uh it's going to cause a lot more tension and i think that it like i said it doesn't matter who wins that is also going to cause a lot of tension in it um i actually think that in a lot of ways if if biden wins then a lot of the trump supporters might also come out and protests saying that you know it was rigged you know trump said we shouldn't have done these mail-in ballots and you know there's no way that trump should have lost which i mean i i i honestly do think that um that i i mean we saw a lot of voter fraud actually when it came to the 2016 election um if you looked into it now maybe my my uh views on it at the time were a little biased because i was a trump supporter at the time but you know, I saw lots of reports of election fraud and votes for Hillary Clinton and all this kind of stuff. I mean, purposely wrong counting, all this kind of stuff. So I, I honestly, I can honestly say that I think that if Joe Biden wins, then it will have been from some sort of uh, rigged election or cheating through the mail-in ballot system. Um, I think that it's very easy to exploit. Um, and I, And I honestly... You know, if anyone can go to the grocery store or whatever, then why can't you go to the polling station? I mean, you can, I mean, open up the voting so it's earlier and that people can go in and spread it out and, you know, they can get their, their votes in while being able to be safe and whatever. I mean, granted, I, I think that, you know, 
we shouldn't worry about it too much because if you social distance and wear a mask, then you should be fine. Um, sure, there, the lines might appear to be a little longer, but I think it'll be totally fine. If anyone can go to the grocery store, then you know you can take the time to go put in your vote. Um, but you know, I think I think that there's other things they can do about it rather than mail-in voting. I think that it's an extre- extremely dumb. I think that it's going to be a catastrophe. Um, you know, and and I think that if if Trump wins in a landslide, I mean, there will be Democratic protesters if. If Biden wins at all, then there are going to be Republican protesters. I mean, but I just, you know, ultimately, this is going to be a complete catastrophe after the election. And it doesn't matter what the results are. There's no way that we're going to be able to to miss it. And I honestly think that, especially if Trump wins in a landslide, that the protests are going to be much worse than we saw from the George Floyd protests. I think that they're going to be probably twice as big as George Floyd protests. Because you have a lot of, um, you know, moderate Democrats maybe that didn't go to these protests. Um, Many of these protests were young people because young people, you know, want to be a part of change and all that. And I get it. Um, But many of them were young people. And I think that there is such a negative connotation with middle America that has been put around, um, you know, the violence of these protests. I think that uh, basically more more of the Democrats are going to be able to get on board with it. What I really hope is that if Trump wins, libertarians don't go out and protest because I think it's, you know, most of us are, you know, we're used to losing. But I think one of the biggest mistakes that libertarians are making is by appealing drastically to the left by basically um, incorporating social issues into a platform that a candidate is running on, i.e. Joe Jorgensen, by saying Black Lives Matter this and talking about ending institutionalized racism and stuff like that, which, I mean, you know, if there's institutionalized racism, then end it, I guess. But, I mean, you can't pull up one law to me in in the Constitution or in the United States as far as outside of Jim Crow laws, which have been overturned, that's racist. I mean, I've never, ever once seen a law in my life that's racist. I think the only thing that's racist about this country is the war on drugs, which I think has made... Um, african-american and and more diverse communities much are um more prosecuted and looked at community because of the prevalence of drug in that area in those areas i think that you know all drugs should be legalized and you know it's up to consenting people to decide if they want to put things in their body and so far as they aren't harming anyone else and they should be allowed to do it but so anyways you can't show me a law that's that's racist and i'm not buying institutionalized racism i do think that there i think that and you know when i saw the george floyd video i didn't think about it like as like a oh my gosh a white person in power just killed a black man like i just saw like a a a government official with too much power killing an american citizen i mean which should have never happened now don't get me wrong george floyd is no angel if you know his history and even if you see the full video i mean he was He's a, he's a dumbass. I mean, he really is, but he did not deserve to die whatsoever, and that's not even a question. So, you know, I just I I think that the the libertarians are are almost incorporating social issues into their platform when it's like very specific that so far as the non-aggression principle isn't violated, social issues should be left to up to the cultural aspects and shouldn't be incorporated into politics. There shouldn't be that much involvement with the government. We shouldn't have to have the government like make a law that says you can't be racist because and and I even saw this thing where I was, you know, so like I think it was like left in my heart or in my heart left or something like that. But 
this this page on Facebook had commented, like making fun of me saying, libertarians, I'm not a racist, also libertarians, racism, racism shouldn't be illegal. Well, anyone can believe what they want to believe. So far as you aren't violating the non-aggression principle and hurting anyone else, I mean, who freaking cares? Now, granted, if someone's racist and they decide to go lynching black people, that's obviously not okay. But if someone, like, within their own family is like, oh, we were superior, then, like, who cares? And that goes both ways. I mean, you know, you have people saying, oh, the KKK is racist, the Proud Boys are racist, and it's like, well, then the, the Black Panthers are racist. And honestly, I think they should all be allowed to exist so far as they don't violate the non-aggression principle. If the KKK is on, and this is going to sound really bad, and I hope I don't get canceled for this, but you got to hear me out. If the KKK is on their own property, burning a cross, then how is that actually affecting anyone else? It's not. I mean, they're on their own property. They can do what they want so far as they aren't hurting anyone else. And it's the same thing with the Black Panthers. I mean, they don't necessarily have the burning the cross, but with their black power flags and going out in the streets and, you know, speaking of like the, like the, is the Israeli uh, guys or whatever that go out there and quote the Bible and, you know, say that white people are all bad and stuff like that. Um, like what happened to the, the boys that, um, what's that Catholic school with Nick Sandman? You you guys know what I'm referring to, how they had been yelled at by those uh, black nationalist Israelites and stuff like that. I think all that should be legal so far as you're not physically like harming anyone else. It doesn't, I mean, you can believe what you want to believe. That's what America's all about. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know? And as long as you don't believe like, like if someone were to sit there and be like, well, I believe that I'm better than someone else. I mean, people do that all the time. It doesn't matter by what means they believe they're better. People can believe that they're better for whatever reason. So far as they aren't making that into effect and by, and like by going out and saying, and like physically harming someone or um, by whatever means, you know, negatively affecting someone um, because of, you know, their beliefs, so far as they aren't affecting anyone else, then they should be allowed to believe what they believe. Um, that's it in summary, but I wanted to, the main thing that I really wanted to talk about after I talk about Belarus and I talked a little bit about the election and Trump wants to delay the election. Um, you know, I think people are making a little bit too big of a deal about it, um, because of, you know, like they're like, oh my gosh, he's going to stay in office forever. Like he's still gonna, he's still going to be out when he's supposed to be out of office. Like there, there's no way that he's going to stay in longer than he's supposed to. And honestly, I don't think that Trump really I don't think that his first choice is to the delay of the election. I think that what he's wanting to do is delay the election rather than mail-in ballots, which, I mean, I honestly don't think is too bad of an idea because I think the mail-in ballots is, is you know, we're extremely uh, exposed and, you know, it's easy to corrupt the whole scenario. So I would honestly say that, that delaying it so that the pandemic can calm down a little bit would be better than mail-in ballots. And, you know, in all reality, I think that most of us can assert that that's what Donald Trump is getting at. I don't think he's trying to stay in power longer because he's going to be out at the same time. But he's basically come to the realization that we're not going to be able to do the election regularly, so let's delay it rather than do these mail-in ballots. Because, I mean, facts are that if the mail-in ballots happen, then, you know, I mean, it always, election fraud is always takes the side of the Democrats. Then the Democrats are going to come out and win that. Um, not necessarily win it, but it's going to very, very, you know, much change the direction to Joe Biden's, you know, way. And, you know, obviously, if you're Donald Trump, you don't want to, like, lose because of a rigged election. So I can understand it. I mean, I think that it's one of the things in keeping the election fair is that you need to, 
you know, not do mail-in voting. And, you know, I think that if Donald Trump were to, you know, given the, the button to push, he would choose to just do the election as regular, but he'll, he wants to delay it rather than do the mail-in voting. And I think that people that, like, don't realize that or kind of some of the people that it's like, it doesn't matter the situation. They're never going to look at things logically. They're always just going to take, you know, their side and fight for it. When in reality, all things should be looked at objectively. Like, I'm not a big Donald Trump fan. I think that he says a lot of things that are very class, like, has no class. I think that it's very inappropriate, um, no taste. But, you know, I don't think he's a racist. I don't necessarily think he's sexist. Um, and, you know, so, and I, and I don't think that he wants to stay in power longer by doing this delay. Like, you know, like I just said, like, three times. Um, so, if you know look at things objectively, have, have a, you know, a realistic approach to this kind of stuff. Don't just pick a side and fight for it because, you know, you can analyze all things in, in a realistic and logical way. Um, but the thing I wanted to talk about was actually, this is the main topic that I really wanted to push on was Joe Biden has picked Kamala Harris as his vice president. And oh my gosh, I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. I don't even understand how, I mean, at least 60% of Democrats could even be voting for them. I mean, it's absurd. I mean, with you look at the Tough on Crime Act that Joe Biden helped push through. And, you know, and if you actually look at the Democratic debates, I mean, which are a complete shit show. If you actually look at the Democratic debates and look at... Joe Biden and Kamala Harris slander each other. I mean, most of what Kamala Harris can say is like, we need someone who's going to fight against Donald Trump. I've done the work. And then Joe Biden comes out and he's like, there's these two biggest segregated school districts in the nation. And you never worked to do that after she criticized his uh, stance on busing and how and when he was um, in the Senate. He didn't want busing to be a thing. And she was like, this is the transportation vehicle that will desegregate our schools. And and uh, she said that Joe Biden is, was against busing. And if I was in at the time, I would have voted for it. So she's attacking Joe Biden because we all know Joe Biden didn't want schools to desegregate. And if you look at what he said, he said he didn't want his kids to grow up in a jungle by being integrated with black students, which I think is very, would be very offensive to most Democratic candidates. And I don't even know why it's not a bigger deal, because if Donald Trump would have said that, he would have lost middle America and Democrats would have like slandered on him so much and he would be labeled even more of a racist. But Joe Biden, you know, he says it and it's like hardly like no one even really cares, which I think is is absolutely moronic but you know what else embodies the democratic party other than moronic um and then and then he goes and he's like kamal harris you didn't desegregate these schools and uh, you didn't push for any sort of justice reform and she goes i'm proud of the work i did i did fight for justice reform i did the work and then tulsi gabbard comes out and she goes Naden, and this is where Tulsi Gabbard, which, I mean, I voted in the Democratic primary because I can, um, because I'm not a member of the Republican Party, and I voted for Tulsi Gabbard because, you know, as, as, a, as someone who wants the best for America, I want, you know, all, all the American, you know, all the parties involved to put their best candidate forward. So when I took, you know, when I had the opportunity to vote um, in the Democratic primary, I chose Tulsi Gabbard because I think that by far she was the best choice of the Democratic Party. She had an amazing foreign policy and she came out saying like, listen, these wars done by, by Bush, Clinton, Obama, Trump, 
they need to be stopped. She she had a hard, she didn't really come down on Obama too much, and I think that's because the Democratic Party is so attached on Obama. And like I said before, the Democratic Party and facts aren't their thing. And if you look at Obama, I mean, he had he had re- bombed so many more countries. I mean, Obama was doing terrible stuff in the Middle East, and you know the Democrats didn't bat an eye. And you know Obama actually ran on an anti-war campaign in two thousand eight, and he you know didn't do anything about it. In fact, he actually made it worse. So Tulsi Gabbard's like, I'm going to end these wars and, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And uh, Kamala Harris, you know, responded to her and she was um, she was basically saying that Tulsi Gabbard was on Fox News slandering Obama and that, you know, Tulsi Gabbard, you know, was saying all this stuff and which Tulsi said wasn't true. But all Kamala Harris could talk about was Obama this. We're going to reinstitute what Obama had and. and, you know, I'm not Trump and I'm going to fight Trump and we need someone who fight who will fight Trump. Like, obviously, everyone who's on that stage wants to fight Trump. But I mean, the Democratic debates are so stupid. I mean, there's such a lack of logic there. And honestly, and Tulsi Gabbard came back and she was like, she can't argue with with the concept I'm putting forward because she's not going to make a change. Just, you know, and it's just like Obama didn't just like no one ever made a change. Trump didn't make a change. And that's why I was like, you know, I'm voting for Tulsi Gabbard because so what if we spend, you know, way less, like more money on our infrastructure. I would rather our tax money go to that than destroying countries overseas. I mean, who freaking gives a freak about them? Now, granted, I, you know, I think that all that stuff should be left up to the free market. And I believe that taxation is theft, but you know, thinking about it from an objective standpoint, I would rather my money go back to the American citizens and to what evaporate overseas in a bomb like that's so stupid and it, and it, not only that but it's it's damaging other countries and it's hurting other people and it's hurting our reputation and it puts our national security at risk um and you know we don't need the department of homeland security to not put us at risk we need our our regimes and our you know people in office to quit putting us at risk by getting us involved in ridiculous foreign wars so i i kind of jumped to do different you know parts of democratic debates there but after um, Joe Biden and Kamal Harris had their little insult, basically calling each other racist, Tulsi Gabbard came and she was like, no, Kamal Harris, you didn't do the work because you locked up 1,500 people on marijuana charges and then laughed about it when you were asked if you smoked marijuana. And, you know, if you look at Kamala Harris's face when Tulsi Gabbard comes after her, I mean, it's amazing. And Tulsi Gabbard just ripped into the way that she was voting. And, you know, she was she was withholding evidence from a man who an innocent man who was put on death row. She was withholding evidence um, from him as she was a district attorney in California um, while he was on death row. And she wouldn't release it until the courts forced her to. I mean, Kamala Harris has a terrible, terrible record. If you look at what she actually did, the work she actually did in California, she didn't make anything better. She actually made it worse. And she was pretty much like the action of the corrupt criminal justice system. And one of the things that I find so interesting is that the Democrats are fighting, uh, you know, for justice reform and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, ending the police and all this or not ending the police, but uh, defunding the police. Um, and I've seen libertarians go both ways on this. I do think we should defund the police. I think the militarization of the police is a huge problem. And I think that um, a lot of people that, you know, say we shouldn't defund the police, I mean, aren't looking at the aspect that, that police don't need armored vehicles. 
You know, it's what happened in Odessa. I mean, you don't need, police don't need armored vehicles. I mean, it's insane. But, you know, so yeah, defund the police. I mean, let's not give them armored vehicles and all this other kind of crap. I mean, it's ridiculous. But the Democrats are running on such a platform of criminal justice reform and stuff like that. And they literally have put up probably the worst two candidates, uh, the worst pair that they could have um, for for what the major thing is. And after George Floyd, I mean, it's a huge thing the Democrats are fighting for, which is justice reform. They put in Joe Biden, who is adherently racist and, you know, the Tough on Crime Act and, I mean, all this other stuff. And then Kamala Harris, who's got a terrible history, if you actually look at the kind of stuff she did. I mean, I mean, this is a ridiculous duo and it's exactly contradictory to what the Democrats in America are wanting to do. And I honestly, I mean, this is literally the worst duo that the DNC could have given the Democrats. And the Democrats are still dumb enough, still so vote blue no matter who, that they're going to vote for these clowns. I mean, they're the worst two you could have done. The worst ones. I mean, they're terrible. It doesn't even make any sense. Like, I can't even believe that the Democrats, I mean, do you even look anything up? Like, are you even thinking about, like, huh, what, you know, what what really are, you know, the histories of these guys? I mean, Kamala Harris is running on that she's a colored woman, and Joe Biden, and she has experience because she did the work, which, I mean, did the work to make it worse. And then Joe Biden is basically, like, the last breath of Obama's legacy, which is, like, what the Democrats are still striving for. What they're still trying to hang on to is what Obama had. And if you look at what Obama did, I mean, he's really not much better. I mean, he was very he was very passive in a lot of ways, and I guess he wasn't an asshole like Trump, and he wasn't a witch like Hillary, but Obama had excessive corporate bailouts. He, you know, was spending tons of money overseas doing crap we should have never been doing. I mean, Obama was completely ridiculous. And, you, you know, I, I can go on about Obama. Um... But, I mean, the Democrats are still going to vote for these clowns, even though they're the worst ones for the major problem in the Democratic Party right now that they're, that they're focusing against, which is, you know, fixing criminal justice reform. And honestly, I mean, with Trump passing the First Step Act and with the platforms that Joe Jorgensen and Spike Cohen are running on, I mean, either one of these two, the Republicans or the Libertarians, would be better for your biggest issue than the Democrats. I mean, either one of these other parties are better on criminal justice reform, and you've seen it. I mean, Donald Trump comes into office, and very soon he does the First Step Act, and I'm not a big fan of Donald Trump, but I'll give him kudos. You know, him and what the Republicans did in that First Step Act was amazing. I mean, they helped a ton of people get out on compassionate release and all this sorts of stuff. They made, they made, this, they made the situation way better, and it helped criminal justice reform. And not only that... But Joe Jorgensen and Spike Cohen are, you know, if you're one of the people that are like, oh, I'll never vote third party because they never have a chance to win, blah, blah, blah. Then, you know, even Donald Trump and the First Step Act, I mean, they did way better than these two clowns that the Democrats have put in to, to represent the party. And I honestly see the Democratic Party splitting here very soon into uh, progressivists and uh, democratic socialists versus moderate Democrats. And I'm interested to see where the, I mean, I think that the moderate Democrats are going to kind of get lost in middle ground America and middle ground America is going to get a little bit more bigger um, because, you know, moderate Democrats, like people, people who, you know, like the kind of people that will sit and say, well, I'll look at this candidate on the right and I'll look at this candidate on the left and then decide. You got me where it's like, 
well, this guy wants to take away my freedom in one way. This guy wants to take away my freedom in another way. This guy wants to give me my freedom back and limit the government. I'm going to vote for the guy that wants to limit the government. Um, middle America, they I mean they only mainly look at the two parties, and I think that the Democratic Party is going to get weaker, but I think that it's also going to get stronger with the rising generation of young people, which are um, increasingly progressive and, I mean, even democratically socialist, which, I mean, is ridiculous. Because younger people, much like much of immature Democrats, don't think logically, they think with their emotions, and they're like, oh, we need the, the free college and the health care for all because health care is right and this and that. I mean, it's a joke. It's a complete joke. And, you know, then I'm like, well, whatever problems that you say we have, I mean, we're likely created by the government. I mean, the government makes it extremely harder for the medical industries to compete. It makes it harder for them to get anything done. Um, and, you know, ultimately, the crisis in America with health care and with college and stuff like that is is done by governments. Now, college is one thing. I mean, I think that one of the reasons why college is so bad is because we we the precedent of private schooling and getting the education that is necessary uh, truly has been phased out through public schooling and that, you know, the transition from public schooling to almost basically a private education in college, but not quite, um, you know, is, is a big change for a lot of people and the way that they view things. Um, so with the younger generation all being, you know, majorly progressive, especially socially when it comes to like transgender and all that. And I don't really, you know, you can talk to me about transgender and I'm like, well, I fully believe in, you know, the right for people to express themselves how they want so far as they don't hurt other people. And honestly, like if, you know, I'll be your friend with you if you're cool. Like, you know, if you're nice to me, I'll be nice to you. Like, you know, I'll be friends with whoever. I don't really care. I'm not going to say, and you know, it's the same thing as like, if someone's transgender, I'll like, I don't want to like make you feel uncomfortable. So I'll call you by whatever you want to be called by. Like, I don't, you know, I don't mind doing that. Um, I think that if you don't do that, you're a real asshole and, you know, but, you know, then it goes to another thing about it being forced on things. Like, I'm not a big fan of, actually, I'm not a fan at all of, of drag queen story hour. And I think that, you know, one of the things that the LGBTQ community is, you know, one of their extremes is like beginning to accept pedophilia, hunt pedos for sport. I, pedophiles get the wood chipper, bottom line, no excuses on that. Um... But anyways, so I think, you know, to sum that up, the Democrats are literally putting in the worst two people that they could have. And I'll, you know, say it over and over again. Uh, and the the only, you know, the people that are really going to make a difference in criminal justice reform are Joe Jorgensen and Spike Cohen. And that's who I'm saying. I vote, I'm going to vote for them. Um, and I suggest you guys do, too. Also... Um, wanted to put this in real quick. I'm getting ready to wrap things up. Joe Jorgensen and Spike Cohen will be coming to Utah um, sometime in August. I think it was like the 31st or 20-something. So they will be coming to Utah. So that I am excited about. That I am going to do my best to attend. That will be very interesting. Um, and that is basically it. That is all um, here on episode 13 of Utah Liberty Talk. Thanks for listening. Um, if you like what you hear here, you know, what you hear here... <laughs> Go ahead and, you know, subscribe, maybe give us a review, give us a rating, maybe tell someone that's into politics about it, about liberty, about the ideas of libertarianism, because as much as it's a party that I'm a part of, it's also a philosophy. And so philosophies can catch on much better and quicker than politics. Less government, more power to the people. Thank you for listening.
check out the website, utahlibertytalk.com. If you haven't listened to any of the other episodes, give them a listen. And uh, I appreciate all you guys. I appreciate your support. Thank you very much.